0: All right, boys, we are thrilled to have newly elected superintendent of public instruction, Kathy Hoffman, on Ed's Not Dead. Ed's Not Dead, say hi to Kathy.
1: Hey, Kathy.
2: Hello. Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, It's it's our pleasure. Ms. Hoffman is an educator and speech-language pathologist who is the Arizona superintendent of public instruction, fellas. Ms. Hoffman grew up in Oregon and earned her master's degree from the University of Arizona in speech-language pathology. Before running for public office, she worked as a speech-language pathologist at two different school districts in Arizona. And finally, in 2018, Ms. Hoffman shocked the world and ran and defeated a former Republican congressman in the race for superintendent of public instruction. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. Thanks again for coming on Ed's Not Dead. Yeah. So let's start with you decided to run for state superintendent after witnessing things like budget cuts diminished classroom resources at the school level, increased class sizes. How does seeing the state of public education in Arizona firsthand as a as someone that's worked in schools with kids as you transition to this new role role, how does it help you?
2: Well, it's critically important and it's worth mentioning that it's been over 20 years since we've had an educator in this role here in Arizona. So not just that I'm a democrat, but also an educator it's also a big deal that my first hire, my chief of staff, is also coming from the education field, also has a background in special education, and is an associate superintendent for a school district. So it it's critical because what I felt was missing and one of the reasons why I decided to run for this office was feeling that... We didn't have someone in this role advocating for us and, and elevating the voices of our students and our teachers and really understanding the implications of the policies instead of just being you know a politician who's writing the policies and thinks they know what the best fix is. Right. But to actually having, having had lived through those policies, I, I think it's critically important to have that educator voice.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So you were part of the Red for Ed movement that advocated for greater teacher pay in Arizona. So mm-hmm. do you think an increase in teacher pay alone is enough to attract more and better teachers to Arizona? And kind of the extension from that is not just Arizona, but, you know, how can we also attract more teachers to the profession nationally?
2: That's a great question. Um, so we, I do look at it more holistically, I think, having competitive pay is really important. So Arizona has one of the lowest teacher pay rates in the country and we're not even regionally competitive with our neighboring states. If you can move across to another state and make over $10,000 more, then that's a problem. Yeah. But what I'm also what I'm also aware of having been in the profession and talking with teachers is that there's also an issue that that often is ignored with our benefits because with the increased cost of healthcare benefits that actually can sometimes even make teachers pay go down. So while the, while we, over the past 10 years in Arizona, teachers had very stagnant pay, but for some people it was actually decreasing because every year they were paid more and more for their healthcare benefits. And so I think we need to look holistically. I'm also advocating for our teachers to have paid maternity and paternity leave because when teachers decide to have a family, then it's a, a huge economic hardship to take two months without pay. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking at, at the whole picture. I think we need to be looking at teacher workload, classroom sizes, all those different pieces that factor in to why teachers will want to work in our schools and why, why they would want to stay in our schools.
1: So just to kind of follow up on that, you know, how would you describe the current sort of state of teachers or the state of mind of teachers or even the public's perception of mm-hmm. teachers in Arizona? Um you know, has it gone up, stayed the same, gone down, brought more attention to it? You know, where where are you now?
2: Well, it's it's complicated. Course, um, I would say yeah. we're in a better we're in a better place this year. I think with the Red for Ed movement, that there's a lot of public and community support that are supporting our teachers. I I, I truly think that's what the Red for Ed movement showed us, and mm-hmm. what the election showed us is that pe- the community, the, the families truly care about their teachers and want them to have the resources to be successful. But the teachers are still feeling pretty beaten down from the past several years of, um, of budget cuts and, and their growing classroom sizes, as I said before. It's still hard to be a teacher mm-hmm. in Arizona. We, mm-hmm. We're still... It's going to take so much time, and so just one... Um, figure that that demonstrates this is um, in in December just a month or so ago a report came out that said already over 900 teachers in Arizona have quit wow. this year the yeah. school year Jeez. alone and that's huge that's and so we have to, we have tons of teacher vacancies still. We have revolving doors of teachers in certain areas, mm-hmm. especially in rural Arizona where it's really hard to attract teachers to get teachers to move out into rural areas where sometimes even housing and transportation is an issue. Right. So it's it's definitely complex and so part of how I see my role and one of my priorities is to be that advocate to and to, to elevate the profession and to to give um, I want teachers to feel proud of what they're doing and mm-hmm. to acknowledge all of their accomplishments because mm-hmm. they are doing amazing work, even with limited resources.
3: Yeah, and, and In terms of what you're talking about in terms of advocacy, and, and that's something that mm-hmm. you certainly did in schools, um, we were reading in the Arizona Republic that during a recent school year, students missed 3 million school days in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, and I, we're also, in that same article, it said 18.6% of the state's more than a million K-12 students are labeled chronically absent, according to that data. Um, what are your plans for helping to mitigate that absentee rate in Arizona? And is there any other instructive uh, plans from other states that you're you're trying to take under your wing as the new superintendent?
2: I think that that report gave us a good baseline, and that's definitely an issue that we all need to come together and start problem-solving that together. Um, I think what, it, what it's also a symptom of is that in Arizona we have incredibly high rates of students who have experienced trauma. Right. I think it's about double what it is for the national average well, wow. yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, and unfortunately, we're, sometimes we're at the the bottom of every list. It feels like, but that's why that you're case, that's why you're there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're working on only one way to go. That's right. <laughs> we're moving up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. So the other piece to that that's important is we need more counselors and social workers in our schools to provide those mental health supports for our students, yep. and to be looking more holistically of how can we support families and students, and make sure because we know that if kids are are not doing, if they're not feeling safe at school or or in, in welcome or any of these other issues, right. then they're not ready to learn. They're not they're not motivated to be there. And so all of those things are contributing to those numbers.
0: All right, switching gears just for a second, and this is this is a little bit outside of education. And the last thing I want to do is make you speak for your generation, um, <laughs> but at the same time, you are a millennial, and and I think I think now we have over seventy million millennials in the United States workforce. Um, That's because we're the best. Okay, i was so, just saying. So, so just so you know, I'm the lone Gen Xer on the show, Kathy. So I. I <laughs> I got these two millennials with me, but I I'm, I'm believing that millennials are about to have a huge positive impact on public education in this country. I'm curious about how you see their role as you look forward to Arizona's future and improving schools. What do you think millennials bring to the table in your state that will be really positive for, for the work that has to be done?
2: Well, I think if we can improve the teaching conditions in our schools and and make it a more attractive profession, like I said, improving the benefits and, and finding ways to allow teachers to be creative right. within their field, then I think we would see more millennials entering the field and being passionate about teaching. I can speak for myself that, uh, that within the Department of Education, I was actually just today in a staff meeting talking about the maybe some of the effects of being a millennial that when I'm because so I so I in the department I have a i oversee over 500 people within the department of education it's actually a huge department
0: that is a large and job that's a lot of responsibility okay go ahead
2: it is and so I was in this meeting and we were asking the staff about what types of changes they'd like to see to make our department more inviting and and to make it feel More like a place where educators would be proud to go we want to kind of we want to add some color and warmth to our department because it's actually not the nicest place to go into right now yeah it feels a little bit like a government building maybe even borderline a jail okay uh, yeah
0: that's not good um,
2: so we were talking about this and they came up with some great suggestions that were all very practical functional ideas and so after Towards the end of the conversation, I said, "I encourage them to to keep thinking and to keep speaking with their colleagues and to try to think even more outside the box." I said, "What's missing from this list are things that are more like your wish list." Right. So these these things came up with were very achievable and functional, but. I'm thinking, what about having childcare in the department? What about like a yoga area? What about a cafe where you, where there's more than vending machines? Mm -hmm. And so I really tried to encourage them to think outside the box. And I related that back to being a millennial. That's looking at, looking at different places like Google or (laughs) those other types of startup companies that have great work benefits that makes you want to go work there.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Good. A lot of sense. Yep. Thank you. Um, so we, on our last episode, we discussed uh, an upcoming effort by the Koch brothers, who have started talking about expanding their reach into K-12 to education. And mm-hmm. part of their effort um, is focused on, it sounds like, expanding Arizona's uh, state empowerment scholarship accounts. So I guess, what are your thoughts on the use of vouchers and school choice in general in Arizona? Is it a viable alternative um, in your state or is it something that you think is either not working or does not work in the best interest of students and teachers?
2: Well, we, we could have an hour. I, I, I know. Just <laughs> I know.
1: We just did. We just did like g- 45 g- minutes g- on <laughs> <try>. it. <laughs> give,
0: give us the Reader's Digest version. I'll
2: try. I'll try. <laughs> so we do already have, as you said, we already have this program um, the The empowerment scholarship accounts, so we will call it ESAs or vouchers, and so we already have it. It's already it's pretty small. In the last election, and when I got elected, November 2018, there was a um, a piece there was a thing on the ballot that we were all voting on, the Proposition 305, of whether or not to expand vouchers in Arizona and it was defeated by a a large margin. So the voters of Arizona resoundingly said, no, we do not want to expand vouchers in Arizona. And what I campaigned on is that we need to get serious about fully funding our public schools so that there's not such a need for families to look to see what other options they have. Mm -hmm. We know we have Struggling schools, and we so for you know, and I worked in special education. I've I've seen firsthand that there are students who could we we should be giving them more. We we by federal law and by our moral obligations to these students, they should be get, getting every single support they need to be successful and have access to the curriculum in our schools. And so the vouchers, they're for families that feel that the school is not meeting the needs of their child. So let's get real about solving that piece and make sure that kids do have all the resources they need rather than trying to create this Band-Aid solution of vouchers, which then, which we know fam- – I mean, you know, we can really get into this, but we know not all families even have access to a private school in their neighborhood or they, they may not have transportation or they may not be accepted into the private school. So it just – there's a myriad of, of issues surrounding that, uh, but that's that's my – general position and and i think the public has also confirmed that 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 position of that we shouldn't be expanding we should be putting we should be investing in our public schools
0: well i i think your election that that's what your election says Absolutely, right yeah. i mean that to, yeah. to, to me the, the the electorate spoke loudly about about yeah. coming down on your side versus versus prop 305 anyway go ahead casey right. sorry
3: uh, so you're about a month in to your your term, your 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 first election, and uh, I want to know just what are your what's what are your three top priorities for for this year, as superintendent? Well,
2: we, yeah, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. So as I said, my one of my top priorities being that I want to elevate the profession. That I want. I want the public to hear about our teachers' achievements. And so that's something I can do day in and day out. And part of how I'm achieving that is I've already completely revamped our communication department in the department of education. And so we have more transparency. We can, you know, we revamped social media so we can be sharing school highlights and and student achievements. And then we are, we already um, also created a policy team since the legislature just started up in the last few weeks as well. So I already have my policy team down at the Capitol almost every day advocating and and following all those bills to make sure that we're tracking those and fighting for the, the pieces that are important to us. And you know, at times we might need to be defensive too. So we're we're ready. Good. <laughs> so those are some of the, the big pieces: is having that improved communication, improved advocacy, and then just as a whole, doing everything I can to to raise the bar and improve the the quality of schools for That's our great. students. That's
3: great. That's awesome. We're so, we're so excited for you, and and we're we're yeah. we are advocating for your success. Yeah, absolutely, all, all the way over here.
0: So, so now that you're in this position, last, last question, Kathy, um, I know that you're rubbing elbows with some heavy ed hitters. Uh, you're, you're a member of the American Federation of Teachers or you were correct.
2: Yep, still am and AEA as
0: well. Very very nice. So have you had the chance to to talk to Randy Weingarten? we we have her on the show in, in coming up in late February. We'd love to be a f- flies on the wall and hear what those conversations are like. <laughs> have you have you talked to her or any other any other leaders around the country that, that have inspired you or you're kind of learning from?
2: Um, I think if I had to say who I'm most inspired by, it's still still the Obamas.
0: Very nice and
2: and one thing one thing i've really taken away and and um, implemented in my in my own campaigning and in speaking is their ability to share stories in a way that is inspiring and compelling and and moves people to action and and helps people to realize the importance of the issues because I think what t- what we tend to see with your more traditional c- career politicians
1: mm-hmm.
2: is that they tend to just rattle off these policies and the statistics and the data, and right. they lose people. It's it's not something that hits you in your heart, and so I am always on the lookout and always in conversation, trying to find those stories that really exemplify
1: mm-hmm.
2: that again. How are these policies? affecting our students and our our teachers in a way where people can understand and it it can be a truly bipartisan effort to solve these problems together.
1: Yeah, and going back to our first question, I mean, about how being a teacher and what you bring that's unique, I mean, that's it right there is that you see the impact of policies they are not policies in a vacuum. They're policies that have, you know, real effects on people and And real effects on schools and kids, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Definitely, and so also if Michelle Obama happens to be listening, I know she's coming to Phoenix soon. She's a big fan.
1: Oh, she, a big she, fan. she she loves
0: Obama. the she loves the podcast. She's a big fan, friend of the pod. <laughs> All right, that 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 put in a good word for you. Yes, that's thank you. Yeah, yeah that's great. Since we're so big time. Um, Anyway, well, uh, superintendent of public construction Kathy Hoffman, we were thrilled to have you on Ed's Not Dead. Uh, where can okay. people f- where can people find you on Twitter or any other spot that you might want people to locate you in the social media world?
2: Yeah, so our brand new Twitter handle. I, I'm glad I actually remember this is at s u p t underscore Hoffman. So it's like superintendent underscore Hoffman. Got it. Abbreviated, and then. Uh, the f- Facebook is is um, Superintendent Hoffman, all spelled out with no spaces.
0: All right, we we will we will g- we will get that out to our extensive social media. we fo- do have follow- follow- I, know, oh, I know we do. I know you're, yeah, well, you're. Don't right, repeat the barrier. Okay, yeah. no, I know we're we're a big time show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, Um, all right. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. Best of luck from the three of us. We know you have heavy lifting ahead. And we know you're going to do amazing work leading the, the schools in Arizona. And hopefully in the future, we can get you back on the show and reflect on all that you've accomplished.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to.
0: All right. Thanks, Kathy.
2: Thank you.